How many dates do I have to go on to find someone normal? I'm just so tired of feeling this way. What do you think I should do? My name is Laura. I'm a dating and relationship therapist and your host of Emotionally Available. Together, we are about to embark on a spiritual journey to unpack modern dating culture, relational patterns, and mental health. Let's get into it. Hey guys, we are back with another episode of Emotionally Available. Today's guests are a couple that I followed for quite some time now. Jordan Canlish is actually one of the first coaches I stumbled across when I started my therapy account, and I've watched him and his partner, Amanda, continue to grow together over this past year. I'm so excited to sit down with both of them. Jordan and Amanda have done it all when it comes to relationships. They've conquered long distance, living with each other's families, living together, and traveling the world together. If you've ever traveled with a partner, you know that is no easy feat. They work towards alignment even when they differed in lifestyle and routine, and they now encourage each other to dive deeper into consciousness and self-improvement. This is a power couple that we all have so much to learn from. All that you will hear today is reflective of a healthy and secure relationship dynamic. So give it a listen and let us know what you think. So I'm here with Jordan and Amanda, two very special guests who are calling in from Mexico. Tell us a little bit about where you are in the world right now, what you guys are up to. Hmm. Uh, we got to Tulum probably two weeks ago now. We were in Europe for uh, for a couple of months. And yeah, we're on like a bit of a world tour right now. Uh, after we were set free from Western Australia after COVID, we're just like traveling everywhere and just Love trying that. to live out this life. And yes, yeah, so we're going to probably be in Mexico for a, a month or two. Yeah. And then, and then who knows? Amazing. Well, thank you guys for taking some time out to join us. I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about your relationship. There's a reason I wanted both of you guys on this podcast, because I get the dating and relating relationship therapies perspective. I get the life coaching perspective, but I want the partner perspective as well brought into this story because I think that's so, so, so important. Um, so why don't you guys start us off by just telling us a little bit about your relationship? Yeah, I'll let Amanda answer that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, so to give you some history, we've been together now for about seven, seven to eight years. Um, we met back in university when Jordan was actually um, there on exchange program through one of my friends. Um, and yeah, we've had, it's, it's been a great journey. We've done a lot of long distance. Um, we've done living with each other's parents with um, obviously with each other in different places around the world. So yeah, we've experienced, I feel like quite a lot within our relationship over these past seven, eight years. Um, that's the history side for me. What about you? What do you want to add in? Yeah, we have like an interesting dynamic because we've done things that probably a lot of couples wouldn't being living with each other's parents for a year, at least a year, which yeah. hasn't had its own challenges and then doing long distance for almost a year as well. So there's like a bunch of things that have resulted in our relationship being super solid uh, that we can go into detail, more details if you want. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the short end of it. Yeah. yeah, there's this controversial opinion that people are telling me is controversial that I have that I think long distance is going to become the future of relationships because I think everyone's starting to step a bit more into their authentic individual journey and recognize that that's necessary for a sustainable relationship. So I'm noticing that people are less afraid of that distance right now and are almost embracing that. And I'm curious how it's impacted your relationship. Mm -hmm. I'll answer first. Then I'll yeah. Answer, but 
the long distance thing was one of the most challenging things, especially at the start of our relationship. But in my opinion, it's what it's what helped us like know that we were meant to be together because you take away the physical component of a relationship. It really comes down to how well do you get along? How well do you enjoy having conversations with that person? And is it sustainable? And we, we fit, figured out pretty quickly that we're, we're best friends outside of the physical stuff. We're best friends. And then you throw the physical stuff in there and you've got like the sexual chemistry. Then it's like a best friend that you get to have sex with all the time. It's a win-win. Yeah. We share the same values. Like we love traveling appreciate the same things and yeah we just have the most fun in in our in our life because we found that uh and i think the long distance part forces you to figure that out pretty quickly if it, if it's going to work or not um and so does living together so those those are the two things that we're, we're advocates for yeah yeah i'm um, just going off that yeah i definitely agree and i think it was like the foundation of our relationship because it happened so early on um, that we were just so excited to speak to each other every day. And it was just growing that connection with each other. Yeah, completely separate from the physical, which was really great. Um, and another thing that I think worked really well for us is that we didn't put any kind of like conditions on our long distance relationship or even like labels. It, it, it actually happened so organically um, when we were together in person. Initially, it was like five, six months. And yeah, we had like a super strong connection. And then when we left, like separated each other and had that long distance relationship, it we just literally loved picking up the phone and speaking to each other and it just grew and grew over time and it was never like what are you doing or like are you not, you're not speaking to other people like none of that honestly even was involved with our long distance relationship and then when we finally got to see each other it was just yeah that was the best thing ever so yeah I definitely think it was the the foundation of our relationship yep I love that it's so interesting to me that you guys never had that conversation of are we seeing other people are we doing anything else right because I work with a lot of clients who have very anxious attachments. And so I know for a fact that that would not fly with a lot of my clients, right? They need that reassurance. So I'm curious what your perspective is on that. I feel like the, there is obviously some reassurance required at some point. Like I led the conversation and saying, Hey, like, I want you to be mine. I don't want you getting with other people. Mm -hmm. uh, but that only came at a point where uh, I felt like it was necessary. I felt like it was, okay, it was time, you know? uh that conversation probably happened a bit later for us because we're both at a phase in our life where we're quite happy to just kind of just go with the flow like we're 21 just living life not really expecting to commit to anything long term so i get it if people are at different stages and phases in their life then that conversation may need to happen earlier um but for us it's it's just been one of those things where um there's been a lot of trust a lot of trust from the get-go and you have to have that in a relationship, in my opinion, because otherwise it, it can turn into a nightmare pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. It's not there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I personally, I personally just believe that it will either happen naturally or it won't. Like, of course, like Jordan said, we, the conversation does happen, but it, I, it came at a point when, yeah, like we were really solid and we really were just speaking to each other all the time. We didn't really want anyone else, but that just came to it wasn't like we decided in the beginning like hey we're going to do this long distance things and here here's my rules and I don't want you seeing anyone else or talking to anyone else and yeah I love that so natural mm -hmm. I'm so curious because this was such a long time ago and I have such a vague memory of it so I'm sorry I don't have any specific details but Jordan you had posted once about how you guys lived very different lifestyles I think it was something as sim as simple as like Amanda stays up later and then wakes up later I don't know when Jordan goes to bed earlier wakes up later 
how do you work through those different relationship dynamics and individual lifestyle dynamics to get to a more aligned position? Yes. Yeah, it's a good question. The, earlier on in our relationship, when we were living in Toronto, we were both at very different phases. Amanda was working in a bar, like one of the best bars in Toronto. She was just working late, like 2, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And I was, you know, working in a meditation studio, really trying to dial in my practices and routines and rituals. And I was going to bed earlier, trying to wake up at 5 a.m. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I was waking up and she was getting home. And it was like waiting yeah, wow. some... Yeah, I was creating some hesitation and doubts, especially in my mind, I'm sure Amanda's as well, whether we could actually work, whether this was compatible. Yeah. And really, we came to the understanding that I had to let go of trying to change her and expecting her to be the same as me and like expect her to be in the same routine as me because she was at a different phase in her life. And the big shift happened for me when I completely let go of trying to change her and like force my way onto her. I was like, okay, I'm gonna let you do you. I'll do me. And what ended up happening was Amanda started to become more receptive to the path that I was on. And eventually she kind of stepped out away from this like you know, party life that you're sort of living into now like, you know, finding her career, finding her passion, living her purpose. And now we share very similar um, mentality with, with, you know, our routine and our energy and productivity and things like that. Uh, so in the short term, I guess it's letting go of trying to change the person. And if it's meant to be, it will work out. Um, but, and then at the same time, there is, certain things that you need to be clear on what you won't compromise on in your life or things yep. that you won't tolerate, especially in a, in a relationship. Uh, and that was helpful for, from a communication standpoint um, to, to, to express that. Yeah. 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 I think you nailed that one. Thank you. I'm not yeah. I'm curious about that journey from your perspective, Amanda, just as mm -hmm. the partner who's the one who's actually changing a bit, right? Because I've yeah. been that person in relationships. I've been on the other end of that relationship as well. So I'm curious what your experience was like. Yeah. Um, I mean, my experience was, I'd say, longer. Like, it took me a while to really adjust to the kind of lifestyle that Jordan lives. And now I also live. Um, and it wasn't in any way because, yeah, like, I, I wanted to match our routines and match our lifestyles. Um, it just, we're very much into the same things. And when we opened up and had, like, space to finally explore those things together, I was like, oh, I do like that a lot more. And then my, yeah, my routines, my lifestyle just started naturally shifting. Um, but like the same thing, like Jordan said in the beginning, it's also me not wanting to change him. And I remember like, especially when I was living that super late lifestyle and like going to cool events in the evening and I would really want, obviously my boyfriend to be there with me. And I like letting go of that like disappointment because he couldn't make it. Cause at the time I was like, I don't understand why you just wake up at seven instead of 5am. Um, but yeah, just giving each other both, as long as we were there, just loving each other and supporting each other. And we gave each other the freedom to do, Yeah to have our own routines, to explore what we wanted our like day-to-day -day look like until Jordan said, like until we got to a point where our life's just kind of, or our routines just kind of merged together more, which has been actually really nice. It's been a good change, but yeah, it was a long journey. Yeah. Do you think that's unique that your paths just kind of align and you guys are still interested in new, but similar things? Do you think that's common or is that pretty unique? Um, I mean, I, I would like to think that it's common, but yeah, from a lot of partners and friends and stuff that we speak to that have relationships, I see kind of half and half. I see some that, yeah, have like their entire lives almost all together. Um, and some that, yeah, live quite their own, like their own routine and own lives. But then if you still have that, that really strong connection and just make sure to always prioritize each other, then it, yeah. I've seen it work both ways. And I think that's something that we even still do now living together in Tulum, we still prioritize like a weekly date night just to make sure that 
we're sitting down, no phones, no distractions, and just really connecting with each other, having that time to speak about anything that's been like, you know, bothering us about the week or something that we're really excited to talk about from the week. So yeah, as long as that is your core, I think no matter what your routine and lifestyle is, it can still definitely work. Yeah, bringing that consciousness into the relationship, it's so necessary. I think that's the number one thing that I, I talk about with my clients, especially my couples, is bringing that new level of awareness into the relationship. And one of the things that I speak with about with individual clients who are maybe exploring the idea of couples therapy, but their partner is not necessarily on board, is the idea of doing the work yourself and allowing that energy to, to expose to your partner, right? So your partner can receive that same energy and inspire that change within themselves. I'm curious, do you think that that exists? Is that possible? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you're like ready to answer. <laughs> yeah. Like um, for me, the, I mean, you could say like the con- bringing the consciousness into the relationship. Consciousness just came into my life a little bit earlier than what I would say it did for Amanda. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just what happened. Yeah. And um, our relationship kind of began at the same time that I was starting to awaken to more of my purpose and, t- and trying to live more intentionally. And I think like, like Gandhi's quote, just be the change you want to see in the world. If you, if you just live the change that you want to see in your partner without trying to enforce it onto them, they start to pick up on it. They start to receive that depth. They have no other option mm-hmm. or, yeah. or the relationship just doesn't work. It's true. And thankfully, Amanda just kept like, just, just keeps going deeper with me. And it's been great. And it just happens on her her own timeline, which is fine. And it's allowed for just a a great dance and dynamic to happen. Um, And without expectations or attachments for it being any certain way. Yeah. And see, that is the definition of security in a relationship, right? Not expecting perfection, just expecting that we're going to grow together through this. And I don't think that's what a lot of clients, what a lot of my audience is experiencing, right? They're experiencing, okay, I'm doing that interchange and my partner is picking up on it, but my partner is so resistant, so avoidant to that, that now we're just splitting up. And so a lot of the work that I'm doing as well is is trying to open up the definition of what is a healthy relationship? What is a secure relationship? Do the people that I'm meeting align with the qualities and the core values that I'm looking for in this relationship? And it's so hard when someone is resistant to that individual journey. Yes, definitely, definitely. You've been resistant many times to to me. Yeah, yeah. I think especially in the very beginning, like um, when we're especially that point, like in Toronto, when we had like Jordan was saying when I was coming home at like four thirty and he was waking up at five o'clock, and there was that period where he was really, really diving into a lot of his personal development. Um, and yeah, at the time, I just really didn't understand it, and I was like probably one of the, yeah, the hiccups that we had in our relationship where we took, I mean, it was like a couple hours. I went and slept at a friend's house and I was like, maybe we'll, we'll take some time apart and see if this is going to work out. Um, but it's just, I think honestly, luckily for us, we just have like a very, very strong connection that even yeah. when those kind of things come up, we're just always still like very, I don't know, I'd say like magnetically drawn to each other and have really good communication that I feel like we always, yeah, make it work. Yeah. What causes you to prioritize that connection so much? Are you actively talking about that? Is it just something you guys are individually doing? Is it conscious? Is it not? Mm, That's a good question. Yeah. I feel like there is obviously the aspect of the connection that I'm aware of and and have learned to become 
sensitive to, which is you could call it the polarity, you could call it the magnetic poles of masculine and feminine. And when you're both living in your authenticity, those poles just naturally stay attracted towards each other. And I think that's the key is like keep living in your authenticity and not compromising yourself and not sacrificing yourself. What ends up, sa- what ends up happening is you just stay attracted to each other, really. Yeah. At the, end of the, day. The, the, the attraction is lost if you start to veer off the course of your nature of what you're meant to, who you're meant to be and what you're meant to do. Like when Amanda starts working too much and she's overworking and she's in her head and she's not in a feminine yeah. and the attraction starts to go. But I, I'm aware of that. I'm like, okay, you need to just like take, take a break from work and just relax. And then boom, we're back. Mm-hmm. But oh. I get it. It's harder for some people to do that because of the conditioning. Um, and that's where this work comes in. It's like, you just have to continuously be working on just staying in your center in, in yeah, in your essence, really. Yeah, I completely agree. I do think though for us, I don't know if this is maybe just for me, but I think that there there is quite a level of just also a subconscious like connection too. That's something that we don't even really like think about or work on. That we're just, yeah, always like very into each other, which is nice because yeah, like I'll just be, I don't know, standing in the kitchen doing something. And I'm like, like, I always still think he's like the hottest guy I've ever seen. And there's always still, and not just physical, like him, him as a person, his whole soul connection. So I think, yeah, also lucky for us that that's just, always always been there and still hasn't faded so always pulls us back it's so interesting because I see exactly what both of you are explaining but they're going in such different paths for me right I'm hearing from Jordan regulated nervous system and feeling calm and grounded and safe within my partner's regulated nervous system and from Amanda I'm hearing attraction and that subconscious that that unknown connection that we feel that we just can't really explain And I'm so interested in how nervous system regulation plays into this, right? Creates that space that feels safe for our partner to really grow and explore themselves. Well, I feel like for me, I'm more prone to the burnout tendencies. Mm -hmm. I'm more prone to depleting myself, overdoing it, overworking, overthinking. And that's the fastest way that like just fucks with the attraction in in my opinion. And in the past, I used to think like, maybe it's something hurt. Like I'm not attracted to it matter as much anymore what the hell like maybe it's the relationship something's not working no no, no. i'm not working right I'm, I'm not i'm not regulated i'm not present uh so it, that was a big breakthrough for me is it's all me i yeah. take full responsibility for every breakdown in this relationship because it's just me not being present not bringing that regulation or safety or clarity into it uh yeah. as a man when you take that level of res- responsibility it's it's freeing and in my opinion it's what makes a relationship sustainable for the rest of your life let go of blaming thinking it's them it's you it's you um and once you have the tools and the awareness it's like you know what you need to do it's just a matter of like are you making time for it are you actually committing to it yeah i always talk as well about how relationships are really mirrors for us and so my clients who are constantly in these relationships with people who just have no desire to regulate their nervous system build that self-awareness understand what's going on inside themselves these clients are asking themselves, why am I repeatedly with these types of partners? And so we're then looking into that mirror and asking ourselves, why did we allow that into our life, right? Why did we allow someone to bring our energetic vibrations down with them so that we then were experiencing things like depression and anxiety at more of an increased rate than we typically do in our day to day? So I love that you guys are talking about that and bringing it into into this space. 
one question before we get into some audience questions the higher level of consciousness right on the individual level do you think that automatically leads to a healthier relationship or do you think those are two separate entities yeah good question i think the simple answer is yes i definitely think the higher consciousness i was listening to a great podcast yesterday by one of my mentors chris bayer was talking about this and it just landed for me because he was talking about how men are, have been encouraged to lead right you know it's more attractive for the man to take the lead that's the thing that we hear a lot right in this space like when the man's got to lead but for a man to lead he has to be sensitive enough to know what's leading him right we, we call the leadership the masculine the masculine energy but what's leading the man is, is a feminine energy it's his intuition right. right so like for me i think about i can only lead properly and, and authentically, when I'm tuned into where is my intuition or where is God pulling me? And that applies to the relationship as well. So to have a higher level of consciousness to be tuned into that, in my opinion, is, is essential to really have the depth, the depth that you want. Like, you know, maybe you don't need it. You can just live on a certain level and be fine and like go out and work your corporate job and eat food and never really connect on that deep level. But I, I want to connect on that deep level. So that's where... Uh, for me, maintaining that 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 high vibrational frequency is essential. I love that breakdown. I think people are scared of that. I don't know, Amanda, what do you hear from your girlfriends? Because I hear so many stories of like my girlfriends, my female clients, everyone dating these low vibrational men who don't necessarily want to open up that awareness. 100%. But I do think from a lot of the females that I speak to in my life, it's that that thing in, in us that were like, oh, well, we can change them though. They're like, oh yeah. We can change oh, yeah. Them. I think that's what keeps people in that loop as well too, because it's like the next one will be different. And then that's the issue. If they, yeah, are not, not willing to even open up to any of these ideas, I can see that getting closed off very easily. Yeah. And yeah. maybe just a question actually, like back to you when from your clients and when you see this, when you see people in this cycle, when do you, when would you maybe recommend where it's time to like let go of the relationship? Or do you think that there's always, like you stick through and help them work through it and maybe help them get there? Or do you think there's a time where you're just like, all right, this is wrong different paths? Oh no, we're quick to break up advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're quick to break up. Clients yeah. know that, right? They know exactly what they're getting when they start working with me. I'm very transparent about that. I'm very blunt. I'm very straightforward. And we're not going to tolerate something that's mm. not serving you in this chapter of your life. If you want a therapist who's going to sit and validate and empathize and support every single word that you're saying, there are therapists out there who will do that. That's just not me. I'm going to tell you to leave them. And that's yeah. not necessarily re received well by some people, right? But I think, I don't know, I grew up in this divorce culture, right? My parents are still together, but I, every single one of my friends that I've ever grown up with, their parents are divorced. And so I grew up with the mentality of you don't have to stay in a situation that's not helpful. You don't have to stay in a situation that's not supportive, safe, anything, right? And so why are we going to tolerate a relationship if it's just hurting us more than it's it's doing anything for us? Yes. Yeah, completely agree. I agree. That's one yeah. thing that uh, I know about Amanda that I really respect and admire that if something doesn't feel right to her, she yep. will like tell me straight away. Don't fucking do that. Yeah. Ow. Like, got it. No, won't do that again. And <laughs> aye, too, aye. Many, too many, um, no, I've watched my mom growing up tolerate so much of my dad's behavior. That was so unacceptable. Yeah. And I was like, mom, what are you doing? How are you allowing this? It was just conditioned. 
to be like, that's just how it is. That's how he behaves. No, like you can, you can stand up and say like, no, I won't, I won't tolerate you speaking to me like that. Just draw a line in the sand. Yeah. And if that person's not willing to change, cool, relationship done, see ya. But most women and men aren't at a point where they're courageous enough or have enough trust in themselves to be able to do that. So, yeah, I think it also goes back to like we were just saying, it's that like, oh, you're obviously scared of losing them. And I think that's another thing from the beginning of our relationship. We've never been, we've never felt uncomfortable to have any difficult conversation. Like if the other person walks away, you walk away. Like, yeah, thank you for what this has been. But yeah, we've never been attached to like, no matter what, like we need to make this work and yeah, and like tiptoe over some hard conversations. So yeah, yeah, it's important. You guys have such strong sense of selves. It's so necessary, right? Without that, it's impossible to say, I'll be okay if my partner walks away because everyone attaches their self-worth and their identity into that relationship. But you guys keep it separate, which is so healthy. But I guess it's another layer of complexity where you throw kids into the mix, right? Families, you've been married for years and you have kids and then you're like, you're thinking about this kind of stuff. I can't to the significance of how that would feel it's obviously the same conversation but the weight of it is just so much heavier so 100 yeah. but i also think that that's also i mean reason why we didn't want to rush into getting married like i said we've been together for a long time and yeah like when people like make comments there was no we never felt that pressure just because it was again when it felt right when we feel like we've worked yeah. through these like a lot of, i mean the little conversations that can end up being way bigger conversations when you yeah. do have kids or get married so yeah And I also think from a professional standpoint in this space as well, right? Like we are working with people who are relatively in the same age bracket. I don't know about you, but I'm working with everyone in their twenties, everyone in their thirties, right? I'm not working with people who are in their forties, fifties, sixties, because I can't relate to that generation. And so I can only see as far as I'm getting in my own personal life, right? It's really hard to see something that we're not necessarily experiencing energetically or not so I can't relate to the experience of a 50 year old divorced woman because I'm not in that age bracket I don't know what some of the the dating the relationship norms were and it's really interesting to me right because we could be sharing completely different messages when we enter that next stage of this work um and it's so fascinating to me how it could change I'm just embracing that yeah definitely definitely yeah nailed it yeah All right, let's get into some audience questions. So the first question that I have for you is how can I explain and show my boyfriend that mental health is important and changes people's lives? We kind of touched on this a bit earlier, but let's expand on that. Hmm. So it sounds like uh, by the person asking the question that her boyfriend is not interested in improving his mental health. Yeah. And if that's the case, then you can't change that. Uh, but there will come a point where the pain will be so uncomfortable and difficult for him that he'll have no other option but to start to look for help. Hopefully, hopefully. Yep. Some people will unfortunately never get to that point. They just keep going down a dark path. Yep. Hopefully, if you just keep being the light and reflecting back to him, safety, I see you, I'm here, eventually he'll open up to something. Uh, I really don't think you can force that. You can't just be like, hey, read this book listen to this podcast most of the time that that doesn't work if someone is not receptive so yep. i just keep being the presence you know the the patience and uh, eventually he'll come around i want to take that a step further because i experienced this and this is why i left my last relationship what happens then when the partner is so resistant to the point that they're now getting triggered by your own individual journey hmm <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, it depends how much awareness and consciousness you're bringing into the relationship. It depends like if it's a, a, a female or woman holding that higher level of consciousness, it's a different dynamic uh, because his trigger, his triggers are his suppressed uh, inner child parts that are now coming to the surface that are feeling really uncomfortable because they can't feel um, because they're being activated by the, the awareness that that person's bringing. Uh, so it really comes down to how long or how patient do you want to be in supporting that that individual through that shit that's coming up, uh, and are they willing to to work on it? If yeah. they just keep staying stuck in their reactive patterns and they're not willing to work on it, and it's having an impact on you and and your relationship, then that's when you have to say, okay, I I need you to make a change here. Like if I don't see a change in the next couple of weeks or we're going to have to go our separate ways. And and it's just communicating that, uh, I reckon. Yeah. I love that you brought up uh, the fact that it's a matter of how willing you are and how patient you are to help them through that journey. Because I think that gives people an option to stay. And I think a lot of people sometimes need that option to stay, right? There's a reason that we stay in it for so long and the length of time just it correlates to more of those life experiences that are being mirrored back to you that need processing, that need more healing, more attention, right? And it's interesting because earlier I had said, yeah, I'm quick to break up. And I, I, I am, I do believe that we shouldn't tolerate relationships. And so I'll start to plant those seeds from the very beginning in the work with my clients, but I'll also validate too the fact that they are choosing to stay for a certain amount of time. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I'll let you take that one. Okay. Uh, I'm more in, in leaning towards the, the part of like stay and give it your all, like really give it everything and, and show up in a way that where you can, be the example, like we said before, be the example of like, this is what I want to see. You know, I'm like willing to like fight for this to make this work. And I need you to like step up because I, I care about you. And I want to make this work. And you just set a timeline. You just go, hey, yeah. I'm giving it four weeks. So I'm giving it two months. And if nothing changes and you just like this, I'm just fucking banging my head against the wall at this point, then yep. you just decide it's not for me. Mm. Eventually though, if uh, for most men, I know this is the, as, a, as a fact, Heartbreak for men is the catalyst, is the awakening. We, we go deep and dark when we get heartbroken. It's one of the ways that like crack us open, in my opinion. Um, Which sucks because that's all we needed in those relationships was, <laughs> was that emotion. Yeah. So if a man is an opening, maybe he needs the breakup to open, to crack yeah. open. Or maybe he just needs the possibility of a breakup to wake him up, to like snap him out of the trance. Like, yeah. shit. Need to make some changes mm-hmm. can't like lose this person mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's two 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 aspects of that mm-hmm. yeah i like that i like kind of the idea of a maybe not a timeline but knowing like you said knowing it could take like there yep. could be really no we don't know when the end date could be so if you want to stick in in this and you want it to work just know that and be like accepting that and happy with that knowing the triggers can come up um and if that's something that you're not willing to accept or if you're not willing to put in the time then maybe it's just time to call it now because it's yep. like you don't know know the length of that so yeah i think just knowing knowing all your options knowing yeah the longevity of your options and then just choosing whatever feels right for you love that all right next question i'm dating a man who says he doesn't want a relationship but acts like he does he likes to do all the couple things with me should i stop it or give him more time so one of those situations where it seems like he wants 
he doesn't want a relationship, but he's acting like he's in a relationship. Mm, right. Yeah. Standard. But that, that goes back <laughs> to the thing that we talked about in the beginning is don't push anything on. Like if you just yep. continue on with it and clearly he's still like acting like he really wants a relationship. If it gets to a point again, where you guys have been together for, I mean, again, it's tricky. There's no really ti- a timeline, but he'll either come around to it and say, Hey, this is what I want or he won't. And like, you just have to be unattached to both. Unfortunately, yep. I think that's obviously, that's easy, way easier said than done. And I totally get that, but it's, yeah, it's just being like completely comfortable with yourself that either way, if you have this person, if you don't have them, you're good. So yep. it's, it's a nice to have, but yeah, I feel like it's what I've seen with a lot of the girlfriends in my life, every single time you try to put that pressure on them, they're out. And it, yep. I've almost never seen it actually work out. It's always a combust or works out for then a very short period of time, but then you kind of push them into it. So they're not a hundred percent and yeah, shady stuff ends up happening. So I think just let, let it all flow. naturally. I feel like that's also owning it too, acknowledging, mm-hmm. okay, I have a choice. I'm either going to stay and I'm going to see if it changes or I'm, I'm going to leave. Yes. And so that puts the onus back on you that I made this choice to stay. And I know that's typically what hurts most in the healing process, right? blaming ourselves and asking us, why did we hurt ourselves? Why did we do this to ourselves? But owning it from the very start and saying, no, I'm consciously making this choice almost detaches that blame so that you're not getting there wondering in the end, why did you, why did you do this to yourself? You just know. Yeah, absolutely. I think you nailed that because I think everyone, yeah, they definitely tend to put the power into that other person. And if, you know, if they don't want to be with you, then all of a sudden it's your world is crumbling. But like you said, it's yeah giving them the power we should still own it own your yep. decisions yeah I also want to bring a question in as well right these conversations about hot topics like passport brothers and all of these judgmental kind of trends that are happening on the internet how is that impacting dating norms dating culture hmm. yeah it's interesting because I, I make uh, content for this, this dating app and it, it gets me thinking about like some of the the dating because it's been a long time since i've been in the dating world obviously and i feel like the man sphere and the a lot of the cultural programming is having a really big impact on the dating world and the the challenges of finding just like authentic relationships these days with all of the different distractions and ways in which we, we meet now and i think if you're not aware of that like you can be pulled into especially from the, the man's perspective, like this whole mentality of like monk mode and like you don't need women and like, you know, going on the, like the hustle culture, do the Andrew Tate thing where like women are just thinking oh, yeah. own and stuff like that. Um, and that's not healthy either. Like it's not bringing you, anything that's pulling you away from just like knowing who you are on a deep core level and then just living life from that place organically and authentically is really not helping. Uh, I know what the path is to finding your soulmate. It's like find yourself deeply, yeah. wholly. You don't need anyone in your life. You can just enjoy life. Then they just manifest. They just show up. Uh, so a lot of it's competition. A lot of it is like ego. A lot of it's uh, comparison that we're looking at online. Um, I feel if I was in the dating scene right now, I'd, I'd be off all the apps. I'd be off all the like going to events to try and meet people. I just do the thing that I enjoy doing and yep. trust that they're going to show up. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's just what was coming through. No, it definitely answered my question. And it's taking all of the superficial 
nonsense, right? For lack of better words, out of dating, right? Just finding someone that you truly connect with because all of those superficial aspects are going to change throughout the relationship 10 times over. Great. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. It's been so great sitting down chatting with you guys. Tell me a little bit about what you have coming up on your agenda. Anything you want to share before we head out? On my agenda, I'm getting ready to um, relaunch the path, which is a 16 week men's personal development journey. I've uh, been really passionate about working in the men's space recently and providing environments, containers or, or opportunities for men to really open up and go deep in, in this work. Uh, so I'm super yeah, excited about, you know, continuing, continuing that mission. And if you guys want to learn more about that, I would say just, just hit me up on Instagram, Jordan Canelish01. Uh, and yeah, if anything resonated or if you just want to connect or chat, DM me, I'm usually pretty responsive and my podcast as well, State Shifters podcast, where we have a lot of these kind of conversations too. Amazing. Anything going on in your, in your life, Amanda, that you want to share? Oh, I mean, I'm transitioning to working with Jordan actually more full time. So Yay. <laughs> my face on his content more often. So yeah. and she's like the genius behind the, the editing now. She's helping me edit my, my videos and stuff like that. So it's great to yeah, a new transition in our relationship, I guess, mm-hmm. a working relationship too. So this is going to present challenges and yeah. opportunities. As well, so. yeah. I loved how you followed challenges up with opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. Just so many more opportunities to grow. Amazing. I'm so excited for you guys. Well, best of luck to you. Enjoy your travels, safe travels, wherever you're headed next. I know you guys are just bopping all over the world right now. So enjoy. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, Laura. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you're you. so welcome. Thank you.